podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with Redsbet. Redsbet, where 50% of their profits goes to fan-related media and causes. Uh, please do uh, sign up if you haven't already, if you're interested in that sort of thing. And if you're not, don't worry about it in the slightest. Uh, I have got in front of me to talk about Cardiff City 0, Liverpool, all the goals, a.k.a. 2. Steve Graves, Gareth Roberts and Philippa Smallwood. Uh, we used to do an opening question on the Anfield Wrap, and I'm going to do one today. Uh, while you're sitting here, have a think about topics for wild cards. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> which is one of our tour player subscriber shows so I might ask you at the end if you've got any suggestions maybe something will come up as we're talking uh, but uh, we are going to focus in on Cardiff City nil Liverpool 2 and before the show Gareth you were telling me you were the calmest man imaginable you were just completely relaxed at half time I've got to be honest I was with Ben Johnson and Adam Elia and they had me on pins by the end of the half time break I was just convinced it was going to come. It was all it was. Obviously, it was frustrating. There's a couple of chances there that you think Liverpool should take um, and, and ordinarily would. But I thought Cardiff were doing not more than just sort of frustrating us, really. And, and the fact that we had so much of the ball, that they were doing so much running around on a hot, sunny day, I just thought, I've seen this before. I've seen this before, and Liverpool are great, and Liverpool are going to find a way. Cardiff will tire. Cardiff won't be able to keep up this intensity. And so, so approved, pretty much. I was, I was calm. There was some tension. I mean, I watched it in, in uh, Love and Rockets on Lark Lane, and there was tension in the room, it's fair to say. Uh, I get why people are getting that way, but, you know, we're all different, aren't we? And uh, for whatever reason, I've arrived in this this place of zen with the current You're just absolutely... They're just great, aren't they, though? <laughs> They're just great. They, they, they consistently find a way. Is, is it eight, nine, nine on the spin now, is it, in terms of wins? And... I just think, you know, they, they, they know what they're about, they know where they are, and w- what's really encouraging for me is just sort of how much they're enjoying it. I just wrote something for the site this morning, and I'm saying in that, that you know, the, the Milner goal celebration and the fact that they all have a little laugh about it is a lovely moment for me, because this can be really tense if you want it to be, yeah. if you let it in, if you like, and somehow it seems that as a collective they're all finding a way to stay calm and play football, and that's what you know, sports psychology is all about, isn't it? And they keep finding that place, keep finding that way. Last week as well, brilliant little tale about you know Andy Robbo. You know, you you've got you've got City playing Palace literally before Liverpool play Chelsea. So you know what what you expect the players to be doing all on pins, watching the game, screaming, holding their heads when you know Palace have a chance or whatever. Nah, Andy Robbo just sat off and watched the golf on the telly. You know, and I just think like the whole situation could be getting to Liverpool and in the past has got to Liverpool, but it's brilliant management that they all seem in a place where they're just like, we're great us and we'll win. And the two celebrations tell a story, Philippa. I think you get to see with Wijnaldum the explosion uh, and it was an absolute explosion and it might be in part because of his own slightly inconsistent form over the last couple of months because up to that point he's probably been Liverpool's best midfielder over the course of the season. And then, as Gareth says, with Milner, it's having a laugh. And it is that idea that they get themselves 1-0 up and that's, that's the massive goal. You see the same thing against Chelsea when Henderson goes absolutely berserk after he puts it on a plate for Mane. But then, from there, they then absolutely then to back into the mode of, yeah, this is this is enjoyment. It's really strange. I don't think I'm, I'm you know, quite similar to Robbo, really. I, I'm quite relaxed um, when I'm watching Liverpool and I don't think I've, I've been like that in previous seasons. Um... I I just and I'm I'm enjoying seeing them enjoy what they're doing, um, and I think that's what's kind of really important as a as a fan of any team. I think if you don't enjoy going to the game and watching your team play, then there's really not much point not much point in in bothering. To be honest, um, well, forty thousand Evertonians still go. They? <laughs> <laughs> they don't enjoy it. I think they enjoyed it yesterday. 
Um, I don't... <laughs> I, I think that let off kind of like when Wijnaldum scored, you know, the just the whole thing around the whole goal, you know, you, you're hearing about what went, went on at half time and the fact that like the players themselves decided what they were going to do from set pieces, uh, you know, just to be able to be so calm in, in those moments and still be digesting, you know, tactically what you could try and do to try and open up a team that was basically intent on trying to get nil nil. Um, and I think that's kind of what's so comforting about this side is that the you kind of feel like they are going to work it out and they are going to be able to find a way through. Um, and that's kind of what's making me so so relaxed in this running that I think if you'd have asked me the same questions in 13, 14, I'd have been a completely different place to what I am at the moment. It's, Steve, they are, they are just very much in the moment. And I think you're getting to see that from the way in which they recover from various things that happen through the game. You know, I think that the Firmino miss did feel like it was a little bit significant, but guess what? It just sort of gets it gets itself sorted out over a period of time. They are, for me, one of the best things about this Liverpool side is they're really, really good at missing chances. And that's something which I think in the past, uh, I, I, and you get to see up and down the country in big games, that there's some, some players, some sides that are just not very good at missing chances. This Liverpool side is really good at it. I think there's something about it being a front three and this front three. At least there's a sense that you're sort of sharing it all out a little bit. Um, there's something about the fact that, you know, I think both Mane and Firmino occasionally can be a little bit wasteful with chances. So it's kind of in there. They're kind of, maybe they're a little bit relaxed with it themselves. You know, don't try and just fix it. Don't try and fix things that you can't just get the next chance. And, and then obviously Salah's had that little run as well, which made him look human for, for a few days. Uh, <laughs> and I think there's... An inbuilt sense. We've talked about this before. A lot of these players have had hardships to come through in their in their careers. A lot of them have been, at, you know, places like Celtic and underappreciated, or they've uh, been written off by by a big club like Chelsea, and, and you know, and, and gone away to have to sort of remake themselves, and or they've come via Austria and Southampton. It, these these aren't footballers who've, who've had everything and come through a sort of linear, straightforward model. And to be honest, there aren't that many players who actually do when you look at it. Um, a lot of the players who start off at the, the, the biggest of big clubs is, you know, actually staying at one of those clubs and, and being among the best. It's why Messi is, is so, one of the reasons Messi is so exceptional. There's quite a few of them. Um, they are, they've all had things to, to, to get through and work around. And, you know, there's a lad in like Lalana who's come through the, the lower leagues, you know, come through like League One and, and he's in the squad and, and, you know, holds his own in that squad. There's, there's an awful lot um, of resilience that's kind of inbuilt in these players and then the manager from a similar background and it, it just all seems like it's meshed together perfectly. Just on that, one of the things, Steve, post-match, I, I saw Warnock do this of his many uh, post-match missives. One of them, he says, oh, I'd like, you know, I'll swap places with Jurgen Klopp for a week there doing well. He can find out what it's like down here. And one of the things that's occurred to me, that, that occurred to me around that was nearly he's been there. Yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the things, and I keep saying this, and it's one of the reasons why, you know, there are, there are differences. I think there's loads of similarities between Guardiola and Klopp. But there are differences mm-hmm. between Guardiola and Klopp. And one of those is, is that Klopp knows what, literally knows what it is to go to Cardiff because he knows what it is to actually be in Cardiff's shoes. He's been there. He's been relegated. Yeah. And I think that it, that is sort of, I think that is something which I think helps around these games in that Klopp does not send them out with any expectations, any false expectations, any ideas that you're just going to roll these over. He sends them out knowing you know that these are going to run harder than you because that's all they've got. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Guardiola does that. He goes away, doesn't he, from Barcelona for a bit, almost to get a bit of like experience of not being the best and at the best. Um, I think he's, he knows that that's the thing that you have to do at the end of his playing career. Yeah, um, really good shows. Klopp... It has, it's it's a mad. I mean, it shows, I suppose, the extent the insularity because I suspect Neil Warnock doesn't even have a clue about any of that. 
doesn't couldn't tell you who Jurgen Klopp managed before Dortmund. He'd, he'd probably be guessing at Dortmund, um, and that, that's fine. Neil Warner's got his own job to do, but um, it's it, it's a bit mad that you can't recognise. And, and you know, you see him at the end, and, and Klopp's all smiles, and Warner doesn't really want to shake his hand. It's like, why, why, maybe look at this person that you might be able to learn from. Maybe it's too late for for Warner, but there's a reason you never got these big jobs. You know, there's a reason that maybe the one who did was Allardyce and it didn't really work out. There's a reason that you know, or Moyes, I suppose. But you know, for these. There's a reason that if you if you work really you know you work really hard and you do a reasonable job with a team lower down, but you're not special. You're not going to get the best jobs. And Jurgen Klopp is special, and Pep Guardiola is also special. But Klopp's got a little bit that more of that sort of hinterland and and runs as I suppose a bit like that kind of club, a little bit like a kind of insurgent side. And we've sort of lived off that. And I think next season's challenge will be that we're not that again. That we are now one of a big two, sort of a Real and Barca style big two. I think if you look at the league table, it looks like a La Liga table. Um, that's that's what the future should hold in the next two or three seasons. And Liverpool have to deal with that. But right now they're dealing with, with, with what they're doing and, and where they are and breaking into that, which is so remarkable. Steve, on the league table there, Gareth, it's unbelievable. It is unprecedented 88 points from from 35 games. You know, I did, I did a thing where in my piece yesterday where I pointed out that, you know, 78-79, if you convert it, it's 42 games, they get 98 points. This side's on for on, on course still for 97 this season. You know, 87-88, a great side, and maybe a great side that wasn't pushed. Maybe it could have got more points in the end, but a genuinely great side that ends the season, a 40-game season. I don't know how they worked that out, but it ends the 40-game season on, on, on 90 points. This is... I think I think it's becoming clear to everyone now. This is is it could well be the best Liverpool side of many of our lifetimes, if not full stop. Absolutely, and you know I, I wrote some similar stuff today. I didn't completely rip your piece, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know there was. I started to have a think about the sides that we have watched in, in more recent years, or and just in my lifetime while I've been going to watch Liverpool, and like you know, the Benitez side that gets eighty six points. That sort of inspired by a, a brilliant Steven Gerrard and Gerrard gets 24 goals that season they're better than that you know and 13-14 yeah. when we've got Luis Suarez running around scoring 31 goals and by common consensus you know perhaps the most skillful fella ever to play for Liverpool Football Club if not the best because you know he didn't stay and he didn't win and all those sorts of th- things but you know they're they're both fantastic sides and sides that gave us a lot of joy. And this side is better than that. And and, and the eighty eight points thing is just massive for me because you know all of those years that all these managers, good managers, good groups of players have tried to get this type of total and and fell down. That's because it's so difficult. And what what I find what what I don't like at the moment and I think it's really reductive is is sort of you immediately get this analysis about the strength of the league. All of a sudden, the league's not that strong and that's why Liverpool are It's it's absolutely bollocks. It's like, to go through, you know, it's such an endurance test to go from August to May and win basically every match. And, you know, Liverpool are very, very close to that. Man City, the same. And, you know, to only lose one, to only concede 20 goals in all those games, it's phenomenal. And, 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 you know, I really hope that, you know, we don't want to think about the worst. Obviously, we're Liverpool fans, and but you know, there's a, however you're controlling your mind at the moment. There's going to be a small party that does look at the thing where you think, "Fucking hell, though, if we get 97 and don't win it, how am I going to feel about that?" I mean, I've been thinking about that, and I'm I'm, I'm honestly going to feel disappointed, gutted, all those things. But at the same time, though, we're just watching a great side, and they're not going away either. They're here to stay. Like I've seen someone say somewhere over the weekend, you know. I just think it'd be really hard for them to to bounce back again. I don't. 
I don't because they've been doing this consistently now and I think if they were going to fall off a cliff and disappear and fall away the manager as well I think perhaps Kiev was that was that mm. time and to come back after Kiev to close that gap on you know let's remember as well you know last last season that, that were 25 points behind them and they win the league by 19 they have it all their own way and this season it's such a turnaround to be there to be knocking week after week after week and again, we've said it before, but it's got to be getting into their heads. They've got to be, you know, it's like the... I think Guardiola's pretty honest about yeah, it. Yeah, he is honest about it. Yeah, he is. I, I think he's really good. Uh, obviously, I don't, I don't just mean as a football manager, I just mean as a fella. Um, I just like the way he speaks. You know, there's no bullshit. We've not had all this mind game stuff that we've seen in the past and stuff like that. They both, both managers come across as great. They've been respectful to each other. And it's been quite nice. It's been, you know, it's been only been really sections of the media and some fans that have tried to stir up sort of ill will between the, the two clubs. I think, you know, in terms of the, the managers, they've both been like, they're brilliant, they're brilliant. And, you know, let, let, let's, at the end of it all, let's shake hands and whoever, whoever lifts that trophy, fair fucking play because you've been pushed all the way by another great side. Uh, Guardiola said there'll be inches in it in the end. That's the, that's the latest line he's come out with Philippe. You got to see, I think, bits of that yesterday against Cardiff. You know, there is the keeper gets his fingertips to the to the it, it transpires to the the Morrison chance and just diverts it. Although there was some talk that the referee would have given a foul supposedly if if, if it had actually gone in. Um, that you get to see around, for instance, the Wijnaldum corner, uh, which is the routine that they come up with themselves. But Liverpool, Liverpool are really good in inches, and I think you see that throughout the course of the game as well. That even if, if a couple of those players aren't particularly playing well, and I think that the two fullbacks to me do look a little bit tired at the minute; they're not quite at their best. People are still finding their way through these matches. I think that's what's so impressive about them. Um, I mean, we've got a lot of players at the moment who have got a lot of minutes in the legs. Um, I think it's really difficult to play fullback in this side. Um, you know, you're expected to go up and down the wing, but also. To be responsible, um, and I think that's something that maybe Trent struggled a little bit with in the first half, especially yesterday. You know, he, he got beat a few times on on the wing. Um, he's a unit, that fella, wasn't he? Yeah, Mendes Lang. I, I was like, where's he come from? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this fella? He's amazing. I'm like dead fast and massive and poor Trent. <laughs> Honestly, you're just watching it. You're just going, I've literally never heard of you. Like, where have you like sprung from? You know, if they just plucked him from like the reserves or something uh, especially for our game but what I, what I really liked though was that yet again he's another one of these massive lads who's got four sprints in him and yeah, then yeah, he's gone you don't see him from the beginning to the rest of the half he's like oh I'll tell you what um, we've had a couple of them recently another massive unit scaring the life out of you and now he appears to be having a sleep <laughs> well that's the thing I, that's what's so impressive for me about our fullbacks though they're, they're bombing on constantly throughout a half football or you know even for 90 minutes and other teams just can't live with that. Other players can't live with it. And there's a, a massive amount of work that goes into the fitness of these players. And I think we're kind of seeing now the work that went in when we had like the winter break, should we call it, when uh, they all went off to Dubai. Um, you know, and it, it does help. It really does help. And it's something that we kind of do have over, over City at the moment is the fact that, you know, we did have that little bit of a break when they didn't. And I think... Whereas we're like kind of feeling a game out and finding a way to win a game, they're basically putting all their eggs in like the first like half an hour, blasting a team and then hoping to hang on at the end. And I think what we've got to hang our hopes on is that they don't manage to get that goal and then what did they do then? There is, Steve, something in 
you get to see the manager again commits to his players, commits to what's worked for him. Mm. You've often, for some time, referred to him as a small C conservative as a manager, and I think it's interesting. I think it's a, I, I think I think you're the first to call it. And I think you were right to do it. So, for instance, in this game, Henderson's been working where he is, so we'll keep him there. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the lengths that we end up going to to keep Henderson there. All the sensible things to do would be to play Henderson back at the base. He doesn't. Then when he brings Fabinho on, he, and then he goes off straight away, the next sensible thing to do would be just put Henderson back there if you wanted to move Wijnaldum, mm-hmm. and he doesn't do it again to me. It shows that he is when he commits to things and he commits to his players. He does he does so wholeheartedly. It's like he just clarifies his, yet again clarifies the decision making process for him. I think you can say about all of his decisions whether they're right or they're wrong. There's a, there's a there is a clarity and a consistency. I was thinking about how we've never seen Fabinho at right back. I think he'd rather play him up front than play him right back because he doesn't want the confused thinking about you were a right back and or, you know you play for Brazil at right back. Well, you're not really going to be doing that for me. Um, there's been a few times when that's looked like the sensible option maybe or and it's just been nope that's that's it now and I think the same with Henderson he he doesn't want any any backward steps in that in that from his point of view and tactically and from Henderson's point of view just um, mentally and, and it, it was the pre-match interview um, and the interviewer goes so it's Jordan Henderson back at number six today and he does this massive smile and then he doesn't really say anything and then the interviewer is like it is though isn't it and he was like He's gonna be playing in a position he likes, and then, <laughs> um, it was just like he, 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 he. I mean, you know, we've seen Manaldum do do perfectly well in in that position, um, and you know, I think he did do pretty well yesterday as well. Um, do, you know, the good the midfield now that it's all of them. It's it's a bit much. You know, we had this kind of um, midfield thing, and it's been going on for years with like Jan versus Henderson or whatever that you have to pick a side and you have to pick a player. Well, everyone who's picked a player gets to see them all do pretty well now. Um, every one of them is contributing. <laughs> In different ways, I mean, you know, in yesterday's game for Fabinho, it, um, you know, doesn't get the chance to really. But but all of you know, th- there's there's four of them there that have all contributed really, really well for Liverpool, um, in in different ways, and they're, they're different midfielders from from kind of different backgrounds and different styles, and and it all just gels so well. I mean, on the freshness, the the, the freshness of Salah is is remarkable when you look at the minutes that he's played. It's, it's uh, it's hard to even grasp. I think it must be the, those those two wins here. And, he and I think what's massive, Steve, he didn't go on the last international break. I and mean, that's actually yeah. been lost over that. Yeah. That, that, huge, was, that was pre-agreed back last October, huge which again is part yeah. of how how Klopp, to be fair to him, has managed aspects of this. I suspect he said, you know, you can go cut loose on all of these, but we're going to need a favour at some point. And this, yeah. that's what it looks like to me. Even that as well, though, he like he, he just seems to just sort of respect respectfully ask. Rather than like kicking off, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like he's not yeah. in the media, like sort of saying the world's against us and you know internationals are terrible and whatever. It just seems like he's literally gone. Like I, uh, um, listen, he's played a lot of footy there, including for you. He's your talisman as much as ours. Mm-hmm. Should we give him a little rest here? We'd be ready then for the summer. Yeah, and, you know, it's a quid pro quo for the World Cup as well, where I think Liverpool could really have dug their heels in and gone. Yeah, he's not coming to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, look what. And you could see he wasn't ready to be there, but he, but he wanted to be there, and it's, mm. a, it's an important thing. He talked about it with Henderson. You know, he, he he doesn't want Jordan Henderson playing both games for England in an international break. More often than not, he probably will. And he said himself, "Well, it's Jordan because he really wants to play for England," um, which is which is fine. And and that's the manager knowing his players, knowing his lads, and. and understand what it is that makes them tick and, and the times when you can take them out and I think Salah it's just growing and growing as a, as a person and a professional to from that point from that sort of I want to kick every ball for Egypt to to understanding that there's times when he might just need to do the Ryan Giggs thing and just just have a little bit of a, a, a break away from it and, and then he'll be better for both 
Um, on the midfield, Gareth, it, it goes on really the, the 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 role of achievements across the course of this game. You know, you can I, I think that the you can pro- make a pretty coherent argument that Liverpool's best four players were the four lads who all got on the pitch and play play in midfield. I think that the, the couple of defenders played well, but you know they're all they're all excellent. Kite has looked really settled, and for 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 his time on the pitch, I loved. We've seen a lot of the quality recently, and he plays one lovely mm. ball. But we actually got to see how he wins it back and how how smart he is about how he does that. Yeah, it was very. I mean, I I was a little bit disappointed with the midfield first half because I just thought I thought like, you know, as I said before, I was calm. I was calm, but I was sort of calmly saying, I feel like our midfield can impose themselves more on this game, and I felt they did second half, and that was you know made a real difference, and they should, they showed the quality. But yeah, Cater's now you know co- come to form at the right time, hasn't he? And it's it's brilliant to see, and you know what a player as well to have come into form at this right time as well. I mean. You know the the questions that were being lashed at him, and the sort of, you know, the little think articles about the amount of money we paid for him, and all that kind of thing, slowly dripped away now, and and, and no one's no one's trotting that line out anymore. And I, I think he's still got you know a, a few more stages to go. You know, it took him a while to settle, but now you see him what he is, tenacious midfielder, a lad who can do pretty much anything as well, a lad who's really comfortable on the ball. He's intelligent. We know he can score goals as well. I'd like to see a bit more of that, um, especially some of those absolute belters he was scoring when he was in Germany. I'm sure he's got that in his locker, maybe for you know the last game, and then we lift the trophy and Nabby's there saying, box the winner, what, <laughs> what, we, is all, what we is all on about. Um, but yeah, the, the midfield was great um, in the end. It, to- it toiled away and, and got there in the end, and I think you know that 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 that's that's what clock wants for them as well. I mean, you know, sort of because when when we were talking about it, we talked about it on the post match pint, and I was like, so the first half, it felt to me, you could see how the defense was doing its job. You could see how the front three was doing its job because although they didn't put the ball in the back of the net, they were creating good chances, and it's that old adage of you know if you're creating them, then there's not a lot wrong. But the midfielder just thought, you know, get involved more, get up the pitch more, get in the faces more, and. Did and we won the game. I think they get given a problem. Henderson definitely does by Alexander Arnold struggling with um, yeah. with Mendes Lang, and I think he's, he stopped he's, going, didn't get, he? Trent? You get, you get, yeah, well, Trent stops going, and Henderson knows he has to to, to help him out a bit. Um, he knows Salah's unlikely to. I think he he spends a little bit of time and, and almost you know just physically being. I think he's on the other side from the dugouts, isn't he? There, so physically just communicating with the manager, going, "What do you want me to do here? Do you want me to press on and and?" Just regardless, keep playing where I'm playing, and and you know do the, the sort of brave thing, or do I sit in a little bit, help this lad out, become a sort of extra right back for him for a little while? Um, I think they just work it out, mm. one way and another. He just works it out, and the, the answer is pretty much that that lad's finished, um, and Trent can come back into the game, and, and Henderson gets forward. I thought Kaita's first half was was probably probably his best for us. I thought it was really really good. Um, I was really really impressed, and I think there's still a little bit of sharpness missing, which is why. He can't go the ninety, I think, but um, overall, he, he's just growing into this side now, um, without sort of doing it too much, so that like he can't pick other lads and drop him. You know, you could, could could just as easily see him not play the next three, and no one's really going to be be fuming because that's that's the position we're in at the minute, which is great. Um, Milner, when he comes on, Philippa, uh, I was made up he was on the pitch for the penalty. The extent to which I just wanted to be on the pitch for all penalties. Um, I actually the thing whilst I was in the pub that we, I was almost saying that if we got into a penalty shootout and Milner wasn't on the pitch, 
I'd probably... Something on. Well, I'd almost want Klopp to go, right? The way we're going to do this is it's back to front. So the keeper takes the first one. The right back takes the second. Both centre-halves take the next two. And Andy Robbo's on the fifth. And if it goes all the way, then we'll, then, then we'll let Salah or Firmino take one. <laughs> There's no other circumstance where I'd want them taking one. But there is, a, there is something about his sheer willingness. But it's more than willingness. It's... It's not just that he that he covers a lot of ground, Milner. It's that he covers the right ground all the time. And I just thought he came on and he just settled everything down. He was it was such a mature performance. It's just so smart, isn't he? I think just comes on and uses his experience. Says, you know, we've got ourselves into a winning position here. This is what we need to do now. You know, don't do anything silly. Um, I mean, I just looked at him when he was sat on the bench, even. And did you see the massive bruises on his knees? And I was just like, "What? What's gone on there? That you've got two? Like, honest to God, like the whole of his kneecaps are just totally bruised." Um, I just, I think you need players like him in and around a squad. Um, I think sometimes just having somebody who's got a little bit of know-how, who's been there, who's done it, who knows what's required in the right moments, you know, is invaluable. Um, and you know, it was probably a godsend in the end that Fabinho ended up going off. So so soon after coming on um, because Milner got to come on and, and like you say take that penalty and there's nobody that you would rather have taking that penalty in that moment um, you know I never had any doubts that he was going to score that um, and I think if Salad had kept hold of the ball I would have had a few doubts there so so it, it helped me what he what he offers Philippa is just is 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 being in the right being available and I think that's the, I think that's a really underrated quality in a midfield. And I think that at times we 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 want to see, understandably, you know, we've grown up watching Steven Gerrard. We want to see our midfielders be all action. But there is something about both Will Milner and Wijnaldum, which I think make when they make themselves, they're both brilliant at making themselves available, uh, getting them, and that could be one of the reasons why the manager uses them when 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 people don't like don't want them to. But I think it's because he knows they will constantly be showing for for a pass that'll get the ball into an area where we can build from. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it was interesting before actually when Robbo said that um, you know he wanted a bit more from the midfield in the first half. I thought they were doing just fine because they were literally just kept passing it and passing it and passing it and. When you're playing against a side like Cardiff, you know, one of the main things is to try and tire them out. And if you keep moving them from side to side constantly and they're having to chase the ball constantly, it's really difficult for a side like Cardiff who haven't got the quality that, that we've got in abundance to actually find a way of getting something from the game. You know, you're, you're just wearing them down. Um, and it was interesting because... You know, Gary Neville's there doing the commentary and uh, he's he's basically saying what any neutral would be saying. Cardiff's got to try and do something a little bit different here because they can't carry on allowing Liverpool to just keep having the ball and dominating the play and keep moving them from to side, side to side because you know what's going to happen. And it's really weird when you're a Liverpool fan, you're wanting them to do more. But then when other players are watching it, they're going, well, no, we know how hard this is to play against. You know, we, we know that you know, if teams are doing this and they're having so much of the ball and they're moving it from side to side, it's really difficult to keep up with. The the fitness point, Gareth, is uh, one which Steve made before around freshness, but I think, again, you get to see it in this game, and I will again say there's maybe an exception around the two full-backs at the minute, which might give them a little bit of a sort of something to think about. But again, in those midfielders, in the front three, the, front, the work that the front three don't have to do, the rotated midfield, Liverpool look 
they look so calm. And then at the back, you know, Van Dijk, Matip, the goalkeeper, there's also a what looks to me like a real mental freshness too. There's there's a relaxation about them. The goalkeeper just looks like he's strolling through games and making difficult things look 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 really, really easy. Yeah, it's back to what we were saying earlier about it. There just doesn't seem to be a stress around the situation. You, you would expect to be much more, you know, you know all the sort of stuff that we we've talked about all these years. The sort of the weight of, you know, Brendan said the weight of the shirt, didn't he? But the weight of the, the club and this weight for the league title and all the rest of it. And Klopp just seems to have washed it all away. I mean, he's he's t- he said it to us via all the ways he can. You know, the program, the media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we as a collective, and I mean all the Liverpool fans in the world, we're never going to take it on board. We will we will pile pressure on those players. We will say we need to win this league. We're desperate to win this league. It's going to be utopia when we do. And when we're the other side of it, we're going to be brilliant and dominate for years. Klopp's just taken all that away. And, like, you know, the, it's obviously one of the oldest cliches in football to say taking one game at, the time, at a time and all that kind of stuff. But they do seem to just be them in that. And they're all right with it. And I think it's it's just the confidence through the squad right, right the way through. You can just see that it, it's sort of systematic progress, and that you know they're on that pitch there, and they're not stressed by the fact that there's been a couple of missed chances. They're not stressed by what cards are for doing because they've seen all these sides that have tried to do what cards are for doing burn themselves out. They know how fit they are. They know how far they can run. You know they're sitting there with the analysts as well. They, they'll be getting the information back about you know. You, you did 12k there. You did 14k there, and this is how that compares to other players in the league and stuff like that. It, this will be constantly getting fed to them behind the scenes in Melwood, and so they'll they'll just know they're relaxed, they're comfortable. They know they come in football matches, and it, it's just it's a brilliant time for me to just, you know just be a Liverpool fan. I think we, that can't be said enough. I mean, how, how exciting is it that not only are we doing this, but we've got Europe to look forward <laughs> to as well. And then, you know, like I, I watched. Barcelona's highlights and like you know Real Sociedad are getting a goal there and I'm like oh yeah oh yeah got Real Sociedad are getting behind them slotting a goal Mo's having a go then isn't he Mane's having a go then isn't he Firmino's having a and like I seen something from Sunus this morning from when he was on Sky yesterday and he was just saying you know what is if you're sitting down as a coach as a manager as an opposition expert if you like analysing Liverpool what is the weakness what is the way you get at Liverpool and there isn't a definable one there right now. Past that, Steve, the form, and I think I think he's improved last three or four appearances, the form that Joel Matip's found himself in. Uh, I thought he was excellent yesterday. A few of the runs forward, but found a man and also you know was able to take the chances because he was against Cardiff. But in general, he's unorthodox, and at times it can be a little difficult to watch him. He, he, mm-hmm. he makes a couple of strange decisions here and there, but he's playing really, really well. Really well, and you know, you say he's stepped up. I think he has stepped up a level, but I think his level before was all right as well. I think he's yeah. he's he's come up to the level that Liverpool need him to be to be not even an identifiable weakness for sides. You know, uh, uh, how do you how do you get at Liverpool? Well, that's one less that's one less on your list, I think. Um, along with you know, people might have thought the full backs at one time. I think probably still at right back. There's times when you think that that's maybe it. That's about it. It's about all mm. I've got, and that's just because what's demanded of, of Trent and the fact that he's He's so young as well, and and you know, loosely out of position in terms of where you know where he might have imagined he'd be playing. Um, Matip, I, I think he was. I I, I think he was rightly um, man of the match. I think um, 
his, his performance was really good. And, you know, you, when he, he did that run forward and he did find a man, I almost wished he'd just gone on and hit it. Because um, I think sometimes he gets there and he goes, I've got to find a man now um, because everyone gets on his back because he doesn't. I, I, I wouldn't mind if he just tried to, to take on the extra man or, or hit it or, or tried to play like a killer ball rather than handing the problem on and then sort of trotting back a bit. Because yeah. I don't see that, I don't always see the benefit. I think he, he's, he's good at it. Like people, like people see it happen so many times, and it's like God, he's he's gone and beat three men again. What? Why is he doing that? And it's like we, he's beat three men. It's <laughs> pretty good, to be fair. Yeah. Um, you know, he's rarely cost us with any with any of that. And he's obviously again the thing that people ignore massively about footballers. If the manager didn't want him to be doing it, he wouldn't be doing it anymore, or he wouldn't be playing for Liverpool. One of one of one of those one of those two things would be happening. Um, he, he he does it when he can. Having Van Dijk there is a big part of it. Um, and you know, it's stuff that from Daniel Aga, everybody would be absolutely overjoyed, made up. Um, and because he's a little bit ungainly and he's a, a little bit unusual, um, and because I suppose he's got a body shape to, to look like a different type of player sometimes, you feel like he should be this sort of Rolls Royce rather than something Something about the way his limbs work makes him a little bit awkward um, in his own body. But that's fine. He, he just He's done really, really well. And mentally, he's clearly right up there, I think, with, with the level of this side. He's, he's got that, that mental quality that they've all got. I think when you're talking about Matip at the moment, he's probably this season anyway my most improved player I think you can count on him I think if you was to ask me which four at the back I would want to see playing against Barcelona he would be in there and I think that's the greatest compliment you can pay him is that you know he'd be my go-to man um, and Gomez started off really well at the start of the season and loads of people have been saying you know he's back now he should be getting back into the side you know he needs to get minutes in his legs we're on the verge of possibly being able to do a double here. Why take that risk? If you're putting Gomez in, put him in at right back. You know, don't take Matip out of there. He's doing perfectly fine alongside Van Dyke. There's no no reason to to take a chance by putting a somebody who's been out for months back into the middle of the of the defence. Um, and I I kind of feel like that's people still looking at how Matip how they felt about Matip before like the last six months has happened. Um, but for me, I I think he's he arguably is one of the best defenders in the league at the moment, and I don't think that's overstating his importance. It has to be, doesn't it? Has to be. Yeah, look look at the, the, the two sides that are so far ahead of everyone else, and the lad getting picked at centre back for both of those sides must be must be among the best. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a time where you're selling them, isn't there, basically? You know what I mean? There's a time where when you'd have that point with your mate and you're looking at the squad and you're saying, well, what are we doing in the summer? Everyone's like, well, Matip's gone, isn't he? And now Matip hasn't gone. Matip's definitely staying. Matip's here. And, you know, fair play to him. I, I think that's difficult. So he'll know himself at the time when Lovren was regularly getting picked, when Gomez was get, getting rightly getting all applauded that he got earlier in the season. You know, he's there, fourth, fifth choice going. Mm. And, you know, and you'd even had a time where sort of, you know, a conversation was starting to creep in about, you know, when are we going to have a look at Nat Phillips and things like that. Mm. All that stopped. All that stopped. And, and I, you know, another thing that I was saying, I mean, I, I hope people read this piece because I feel like I'm, <laughs> I've told everyone what's in it. Um, but but the, another thing that I was saying in the piece I wrote earlier was that, you know, you think about all the Liverpool sides we've watched over the years and all the squads, and there was almost always a problem, in inverted commas, if you like. So there was always something, you know what I mean, where you'd sit down and you'd go, it's not good enough him, or I'm not sure about the owners, or I'm not sure about the manager, or someone's circling to buy... X or Y or Z 
and and it just feels like there's 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 next to nothing wrong at the moment, you know, from from top to bottom at the club, and, and what a place that is to be, and what a what a sentence that is to say because, and this includes Matter, you know, he's he's no longer an issue, and when you look right through the side, who who is an issue, and it, and it's exciting that you know, like Klopp's obviously said the thing he always says that he's not really looking to spend any money. Yeah, we've heard that one before, Jurgen, but I'm sure they are. And how, how exciting is it that, you know, we get to look forward to a squad that's potentially even better next season because you've had a couple more added in to the mix as well. When Philip Gareth was talking about Joe Gomez a minute yeah. ago and talk about, talking about him at right back, the manager says that he didn't want the full-backs. At post-matches, he's been on the full-backs has pushed up as much today, which I think is interesting because I think there's two ways you can look at that. You can say, well, are we looking to be more secure or are we looking for them to run less? And I do wonder whether or not when you talk about Gomez in that regard, they do to me, if there is an area of mild and the mildest concern, because both are clever players, technically good players, battling players, but if there is an area of mild concern, you are beginning to maybe think there's some miles on the clock there and there's a lot of shuttle runs that they've had to do all year. Absolutely, yeah. That, that's, the, that's, that's the place really, isn't it? And, and the fact that, you know, Moreno's now so far away from being relied on that, you know, we can't get him even when there's an opportunity for him to get in, if you know what I mean. Like, it, like there's a left-back slot to they Robertson suspended. It's not Moreno. Do you know what I mean? And so that that is a, that is a place where if you get someone of a similar standard, someone that's the difficulty, I suppose, about any of this. Now it's like you know Liverpool are at such a level that when they when they're looking around Europe for a player and starting to speak to a couple of players, he may well look at it and just think, well, pff, I'm not getting in there, am I? You know, like Robertson's made the steal and like just plays ninety minutes week in week out, runs absolutely amazing distances. His fitness is incredible. He's generally played well. He's got something like what eleven assists or something. If you're a left back in Europe, no matter what your standard is right now, you're probably going. Don't know about that. Might just go to a team where I know I'm going to get a game every week. So that that that's the difficulty for Liverpool. But yeah, that is the the, the one area perhaps where you know they do need to look at it maybe, and you know it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer transfer wise. Uh, do they need to look at it now, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, would you look? Would you use use the Huddersfield right. game as yeah, an opportunity to, to to give to rest some legs? I'd. I certainly don't want to see them both play Huddersfield. I think there's a real case to play neither, because um, I think it's our real X factor and surprise factor in in Champions League. Um, in those games when we've blown sides away that didn't expect to be blown away by us, all the things we've had, you know, Mane, um, Salah, Firmino, the quality through the middle, Van Dijk. The goalkeeper, the real X factor, I think, has been the fullbacks, and the one that even like neutrals have texted me and gone, "God, your fullbacks—they're incredible." Um, you really want them to be as a, a, close to 100% as they can be. I, I suspect they're both a little bit going to be a little bit off, even so, um, against Barcelona. But that's the area where, firstly, you can afford to, I think, and secondly, there's a virtue in giving Gomez the minutes that Philip talked about. Um, there's a virtue in having Milner on the pitch. Those two things make loads of sense to me. Um, would I be absolutely fine with it? In fact, I'd be I'd be absolutely made up to see um, those two play in fullback. If they don't, and, and the manager and the, the fellas who've managed people's fitness all season so incredibly well, say fellas, I'm sure there's um, there's a mix of people involved. Um, people who've managed that fitness really well, um, they know what they're talking about and they know what they're looking for. Um, so if they feel that they can go again, then then fine. Because you know we talked about Wijnaldum, maybe we might not even see him again this season because he looks so dead on his feet, and then he's gone and gone into a different position with different demands. Scored a goal, um, ex- exerted a lot of energy in a celebration, uh, and then uh, <laughs> a fair play to him. And then, and then, you know, been made a massive contribution in a, in a game that Liverpool needed to win because we need to win them all. So, also, it was really good, by the way, on the sort of management of fitness and stuff. How the 
the obvious concussion is is managed there. Yeah, you know what I mean because it's been it's been horrible at times to to know. You know that a player's wandering around there on the pitch and not and not right, and and, and you know like clubs are, are gambling on that a little bit. You know it's obviously something you cannot gamble on, and, and like you know you could see them talking away, and it was one of them where I was like, just shut up, Gary, because Gary Neville's waffling over it, and I was like, they're doing what you're saying, mate. They're doing every check here. He's looking in his eyes. He's getting them to chat away. They're not they're not taking this lightly at all. And then the fact that you know he's immediately subbed. Quite right, and and it's a, I seen a suggestion this morning. Most suggestions I see about big changes to the game, I'm immediately like, nah. Can we just leave the game alone, please? We've had too many. But I seen someone suggest this morning, you know, the idea of almost having like a concussion substitute, if you like. Yeah. You know, the idea that if that's what the if it's a head injury, if it's that if if that's the reason you need to take someone off, don't penalise that side and make managers take that gamble. Allow them that extra mm-hmm. sub. Yeah. I think, I think that makes sense. I think, you know, I think. Um, a lesson from Kiev, and, and you know, it, I know there's Liverpool fans who who will, to this day, insist that it's not an issue, and you know, it's some kind of, of excuse. There's Liverpool fans who will say that, but it, it it's not about an excuse. You know, I think Gareth Bale still scores that goal, and I think Carriers probably still makes the mistake. But just from a from, from a human point of view, he shouldn't have carried on playing in that football match. And hopefully, Liverpool FC all round from the manager down said that doesn't happen again. Mm. Um, you're right. I mean, it, it would be great for Liverpool not to have had to use up a substitute for that. And obviously, if you'd had three. It'd be interesting to know if we'd already made the three, and and you know we've come to go down to ten men. What decision might have been made then? Um, you watch it on the telly, and and, and Fabinho follows the the ice thing. It looks looks from my you know from my completely um, unprofessional point of view. You think oh, it looks alright then, you know, because he does it. I think I think he probably passes most of the tests for them, and they still go it's not your mm-hmm. decision, not your decision. It's not for us to say to you, are you okay to carry on in these circumstances? It's not like your ankle. There's things that we can, there's signs we can tell us, and and it's just not worth the risk. Not least because you've got Milner as well, but yeah, um, yeah, it, it it was really good. Again, just maturity from everyone across the board, really. Um, last little thing is the front three. Neither of them, not none of the three of them, uh, really hit the strides that we like to see. Philip and none of them hit the score sheet uh, when so often they, they, all three of them managed to all hit the score sheet. But yet again, Salah wins the penalty. Um, for me, it's a penalty all day. I'm I'm really surprised by any of the chatter around it. To be honest with you, um, there is. He is so constantly dangerous, and it's interesting where he wins it. He wins it on the other side of the pitch to where you normally expect to see him. And for me, I, th- I think he's he's so so dangerous wherever he wherever he takes up uh, against Cardiff. There, there's the, they just don't want him anywhere near them, and they've got a lot of them to deal with. And in the end, the lad breaks and, and fouls him. I think that's the thing. Um, you know, you can tell that kind of before the game even starts that Warnock's been in his ear you can't give him a, any space you can't let him just get a run on you if he gets a run on you you know he's going to be away you've got you've got to get in tight to him and then you can't then complain when your defender does all that fouls him three or four times and basically what happened there was because Atkinson and sorry to have a go sorry, at I you <laughs> Um, because Atkinson basically doesn't signal for a penalty before that point. Salah goes, I'm going to have to take this out of your hands then. I'm going to have to show you that this is a blatant foul three or four times. And, you know, when you hear people like Gary Neville turning around and saying, he's all right with the first foul. He's all right with the second foul. You know, the referee's all right with that. He's probably going to let him get away with that. It's when he goes in the third and fourth time, that's where he's got a problem. You can't hug a player. 
<laughs> well, you can after the game. Well, yeah. It's not in the rookie. It's not allowed. You can't hug a player and like put your forearm in his face mm. while he's trying to control the ball. It's the, that's not in the rules. That's definitely not in the rules that you're allowed to do that. Where's the debate around it? And it's you know, I, I'm I, stunned there was a debate. Yeah, I, I'm Sam with it to be honest. I, I I'm 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 really enjoy like once upon a time again me I'd be like, like pulling everyone online about weird comments or whatever. I'm really enjoying the weird comments from everyone else. You know the fact that everyone's the fact that in the, in anyone's eyes it's controversial. If you think it's controversial, great then. And I'm made up that you got to that Liverpool have won again. I'm made up that you're coming up with weird conspiracy theories. I made up some things done the rounds about you know the, the defender who gives away the penalty and also somehow contrives to you know not score that goal at the other end. As said on a previous occasion, he wants Liverpool to win the league. Great, like it's just great that we're getting in everyone's heads to, the, to this extent, and let's hope that you know it, it, it it's affecting someone professionally at Manchester City, and at some point, you know <laughs> what I mean? Please, yeah, come on, <laughs> come on that'd be nice. Um, but yeah, it, it's bollocks. It's an absolute stonewall penalty. I can't. I honestly can't believe that there was less fuss made of Bernardo Silva's earlier on in the season that went on and won them the game one nil. We're one nil up. Salah's fouled three or four times. Gets given a penalty, and it's like this massive, like. And you see, you see the the, the center half as well. The, like runs across to the refereeing, and I was dead in Seaford. I was like, all eyes on this. What are you gonna say, mate? And he just went, "You're fucking joking," was what he said. <laughs> and it was like, you haven't, you, you haven't said I've got the ball because you never. Yeah. You haven't gone. Eh, I wasn't touching him because you blatantly were. You know what I mean? You had, you had no, you had no defense. All he could say was, "You're fucking joking." Well, so you gutted. You conceded the penalty, but it was a penalty, mate. I went for a pint after the game, or uh, not unexpectedly, and um, was stunned to wake up this morning, Steve, to see there was controversy, to see that it was like, I don't think I, I, don't think I even cited in my match report, did I? I didn't, I didn't no. go, oh, it was a contentious penalty, and like that. I was just like, I'm watching this, I was in a pub watching the game, and, and I, so I could hear bits of commentary, but I didn't even realise any of this had gone on really at the time, and then... You know, I'm seeing the post-match stuff, and uh, Warnock, yeah, but the idea that normal people are in any way going—you know—it's Warnock's job. The yeah. idea that anyone else is going, this is this is a controversial one, is mad. You know, I mean, I think Neil Warnock, Cardiff City fans, and probably Man City fans, like you at least understand the irrationality. We've been we've been there, probably, haven't we? And, you know, maybe not something as blatant as that, but you know, you, to just if you're a fan of just a just a normal side, you. The, the the thing about Salah is weird, isn't it? Because he he just exists in a, a different. Is is becoming a little bit like the kind of the way that Beckham did for a while. I think like he's the world and he's kind of he belongs to. He's in the time one hundred people and is is becoming one of the most recognisable people in the world, almost quietly without really it being um, noticed that much by us. I think sometimes I think you know is is a massive personality and none of that's based on any of the things that these that people want it to be based on which is always like needle and it's a little bit like messy you can't really lay a glove on them to be honest you know they just are who they are they just they're just excellent at what they do and there's people just desperate to to and you know I think there's something there's a little bit of of it just in the back of my mind about you know who he is and what his background is and and there's I saw Henry Winter's tweet and you know a, when it's not about Hodgson's buffets, I think you know he's, he's generally a you know a reasonable, fair-minded person, and, and I think you know he said, "Oh, but it was definitely pants." But Salah goes down oh so easily. It, it doesn't matter. Like he doesn't for a start. He doesn't actually go down that easily. He takes ages, as, yeah. as you say, because because you're in this ludicrous situation. And I think one of the things that, without getting into too much of a VAR debate, one of the things that VAR hopefully will help is that players can get a penalty without having to do that. Um, mm. 
But also, I think I don't think he actually does go down that that dramatically or that unreasonably. He's being held, you know, and, and he's also trying to get his feet. He's trying to he's trying to do something with his feet to 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 get away from there, perhaps. And I just it's mad. It's it to just ignore the evidence of your own eyes and just see what you want to see. Um, I know that is pretty much the essence of football for a lot of us, and that's fine. But why? I don't understand it. We, we also would have won the game anyway, and it's 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 bizarre. Um, it felt to me. I mean, maybe I'm cynical, Steve, and and you you work in in, in an industry, and Gareth has done, and mm. yeah, you know, it felt to me as though, and I'm, I'm, I do as well. I mean, let's not fucking mess about here. It it, it felt to me as though someone someone somewhere's gone. We could do with the talking points. Mm. Liverpool just gone to Cardiff and two nil them, and it almost felt a little bit like we could just do with the talking point. We need something to to almost hitch the next twenty minutes of on Sky of coverage yeah, onto, and then that maybe. gets out of control. But to be fair, I don't. The Sky's post match they didn't massively dwell on it. I think you get a bit of the um, Gary Neville. Just calls it straight away that it wasn't a penalty, and then when he sees it back, it's a bit. Have you ever seen the, the Kevin Keegan one from um, the '94 World Cup? Um, it's Leonardo elbows Tab Ramos and Alan, Alan Parry and, and, and Keegan, and Keegan is like, oh, he's, he's not done anything wrong there. And then you see it and see it and see it, and it's like one of the worst elbows you've ever seen. And he's just like, <laughs> well, he elbowed him, but he was being held. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Neville does that. He does, you know, it, it wasn't a penalty. And then he sees it again, and he can see why he's giving it. And then, he, and then he, it's a penalty, but why is he, you know, why does he have to go down? And, and it, it, it's a, you sort of understand that. I think it was more that he doesn't want to be seen to be wrong. And there's a lot of people, again, because everyone just tweets straight away or has to have an instant reaction, and then they don't like to be seen to be wrong. It's fine. It, 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 it just is what it is. It's a penalty. The conversation ends there anyway. You don't need a but after that. It was a penalty. Mm. Um, even if and, and your butt's not particularly strong in this case either. There's, there's plenty of times when he's gone down more dramatically than that. I can tell you that. And there's plenty of times when loads of others have. And the reason no one cares about Bernardo Silva is because no one cares about size out in the pool of Manchester United in the end. Um, and, and probably Everton, to be fair, I think third in terms of football teams that really matter to people nationally. It's like a weird it's thing, just isn't like, it? As though you've got to almost like appeal to other fans' mindsets at the time. Like you know, I, I've got a blue nose mate, and blue nose mate will look for something to try and rile me up. Even when we're top of the league, and so yeah. I'll mention Salah to him, and he'll go, "He's a diver, though, isn't he?" And I'll just go, "Asked." Yeah. But like, it's like that's a, a mindset. Like, I mean, I, I, I was flicking through, looking for commentary before I was going out, um, or, or looking for build-up before I was going out, and I ended up. Don't, I wouldn't in a million years listen to talk sports anymore because you know what it is and what it's about and the shite on there. But I ended up briefly listening to it, and it was awful in terms of doing exactly that. Always looking for sort of the tabloids in any football match, and it was like you know they were replaying um, thirteen, fourteen audio clips, and I was like, can't we get over that now? Mm. Like you know, we, we've done the Chelsea thing, and we've beat Chelsea, and Robbo fell over and got up again, and he was fine. <laughs> and you know, we'll we'll be on that. But it was they were playing Crystal Palace stuff, and they were playing the, the you know the Stephen Gerrard commentary, and I was like. Really, and, and it, it, obviously, like the, the narrative was Liverpool going to blow, Liverpool going to blow it again, Liverpool going to bottle it again, and it's like this is so boring. Like, how many footy fans love that? How many footy fans want that? I, I like the fact that Sky's moves in the direction it generally has in terms of the, the way it does football, which is just talking about the match in a in a normal manner and not not doing that. It's just a shame, and it's it's. it's I think you know one of the things that. Um, Bringing women onto the panel um, from um, from Sky, um, people have sort of seen you know from, apart from the fact that it's just the right thing to do and, and you know to to represent um, to represent things equally, it has just freshened things up a little bit. Um, 
you get you know you get women coming in from the women's game who who think quite a lot about the game and because of maybe because they don't have much of haven't had traditionally as much of a media focus around the game and a need for a narrative they'll they'll want to talk about how Liverpool beat Cardiff and you know how mm. Cardiff didn't beat Liverpool there's plenty to talk about there yeah. um you just have to go to ask that one next question beyond was it a penalty or not um and and, and managers as well you know Neil, Neil Warnock it's an easy thing for him to talk about because he doesn't have to talk about why Cardiff why his Cardiff team aren't aren't safe at this stage and why, and, and why they're not able to win that game there's plenty of reasons why and structural reasons and he's done really well with them this season um it's it's a shame it's a shame that that's what gets what gets discussed and i think the one thing it doesn't affect is liverpool fc um, internally externally the, the manager will just laugh Salah won't even be aware of it won't care you know cuz we just carry on single minded focus it, it doesn't matter Single-minded focus is right. Liverpool, uh, Huddersfield on Friday. Uh, loads and loads of stuff coming up on the on-field wrap through the week. And then Barcelona the following week after that. Uh, firstly, anyone got any topics for wild cards for me? Anything come up? <laughs> anyone? Any hopes? I like you, so you were doing what? I've who got leaves in the summer? Who leaves in the summer, 19. Yeah. Uh, past LFC. I've written Gary Gillespie down, just because in my head. Uh, <laughs> signing we wow. missed out on, uh, which I think we've probably done before in one form or another, but uh, so I think it's different people. On, yeah. uh, championship, i.e. Division 2 uh, for general. And I haven't got anything for random yet. Anything? No, Ronnie Rosenthal. Uh, Ronnie Rosenthal um, can go up against Gary Gillespie. I'll pick one of them. Uh, <laughs> the teenagers, uh, the player, player uh, you didn't want us to sign. Player you didn't want us to sign. Okay. Uh, so that's three past LFC, yeah. Yeah. So what we need some current LFC. Some current and some general. Uh, it's all right. This is all happening on air. I'm not even speaking <laughs> to man <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, and and also, I've got another show coming in a minute, so we're going to have to wrap this one up. Listen, uh, our review will be out very soon. I'm doing it in a second. That's how I know. Uh, also, uh, great stuff all the way through the week. Uh, we are working on the app. We'll get it with you. Get it to you ASAP. Uh, that is a slightly movable feast at the moment, but we're all doing our very very best. Trust me on that one as well. Uh, very quick, man of the match. Matip. You go, Matip. Uh... I didn't think Matt up yesterday, but then we've had a big chat about it and I've had a think overnight and yeah, all right. Matip Matip Let's just go with it yeah. yeah Why not It's a consensus verdict There you go Joel Matip was man of the match This has been the Anfield Wrap In association with Reds Bet uh, They are our partners For 2019 And we're very very pleased To be on board with them Do give them a look If you're interested In that sort of thing And if you're not That's fine uh, Thank you very much to Philippa Thank you to Gareth Thank you to Steve For coming in on this Bank Holiday Monday Keep enjoying the sunshine people Liverpool are top of the pops And I don't think They're going to go anywhere Sports Social Podcast Network